0: Hey there listeners, welcome to the official WNRG podcast. We believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. The purpose of this podcast is to intentionally inspire curiosity and action across the Humana enterprise.
1: Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others.
0: This production is made possible by the dedication of our core team.
1: I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen
2: Pantoja-Evans.
0: And I'm Brittany LeMaire.
2: We thought it might help to invite other Humana women to share their perspective and insight about their discoveries in the workplace. That's why we wanted to start this podcast.
0: We are looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us. Hashtag WNRG Podcast Series.
2: Well, a few things I just wanted to share with you. One is, so we created this podcast because we've had the privilege of talking to maybe some senior leaders or just women who have been very impactful. Um, And we wanted those conversations to be available to everyone. So just having these very just candid, real conversations. how, How have you done what you've done? You know, just telling us about your journey, the nuggets of information you have we just wanted to make this available to everyone at Humana. And so that's where the whole idea kind of stemmed from. And then Brittany, Carmen, and I have, my gosh, this is probably our eighth podcast. So it is. So we're just kind of new in the whole podcast world and kind of figuring yeah. it out as we go. Mm-hmm. And then invite everyone to listen. So just a little background.
1: We want to welcome you, Patty Dell. Patty Dell Ty is here in the room with us, and we're so thankful that you chose to visit with us uh, in the last remaining days of your Humana world. Tara, Brittany, and I are on the call with you, and and um, we're ready to jump in and ask you a few questions. Great. But we want to know a little bit more about Patty Del Tai and so give us a little bit and some of your journey that oh, brought you here.
3: You bet. Well, first, let me say just a deep thanks to you all. To be able to do this for the associates of Humana who took me in 13 years ago and welcomed me and have made me feel warm and needed for 13 years. For you all to honor me with this in my last eight days, it's, it's, a, it's a career highlight, and I deeply thank you for that. Um, so I came to Humana 13 years ago from outside the industry, and Mike McAllister, our CEO at the time did something very bold interestingly enough and um, he wanted a leader in Houston Texas a market president that was had no background in this business because he wanted new thinking and that was a really risky thing to do but he took that risk and it has worked out um, I think for Humana and for Patti Delta um, beautifully and he took the risk because I had a foundation that he could look at and say, she can do another industry. So my foundation, I grew up for the phone com- with the phone company. I grew up with AT&T. And um, different industry, but many of the same dynamics. The a- AT&T went through tremendous changes. The phone business went through tremendous changes. And you had to have leadership agility to manage the changes. And he saw that and also cast forward the the view that our industry was going to go through a lot of changes. And as you know, it has. So one of the things that I've learned over my gajillion years in career is um, agility and resiliency is really huge. Not only for you to be able to do it, but for you to be able to help others through it. Um, Because it's scary, you know, when you go through a lot of changes, whether that changes a new leader um, or a whole new work process. But one of the things that I say to my mentor, mentees, is there will be fear often in your career. It's just part of it. And you just have to face it. And what I've learned to do is just name it and then move away, move on, and don't let fear cripple you, because then you'll never do anything new, and you've got to do stuff new in your career every day, so.
1: Don't let fear cripple you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to remember that. It's going to be a new post-it note on my laptop, Good. and also I just want to say the honor is ours that you are here, and we're, again, very thankful Completely interesting how it evolved and now you're at, at Humana. Mm-hmm. And um, and I can't imagine the different steps along the way. So I've kind of, kind of, you know, stalked you a little bit. So I know <laughs> <laughs> it's Texas, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So a Texas girl. Uh-huh. So were you born in Texas? I was or? born
3: in Florida. I was born oh. in North Florida and um, uh, third generation in North Florida, which is an un- unusual mm-hmm. uh, to it find is. so many years in one state or in that particular state, but then moved all around the country with, with AT&T um, and then uh, landed in Houston, stayed there for 13 years, and that's where Humana found me and uh, then got to Louisville six years ago. My husband of 28 years is here with me. Wow. I know. And um, uh, we love Louisville.
1: Mm-hmm. We...
3: we We used to stay inside all summer because it was so doggone hot. And now we can actually go outside and we see lightning bugs. And (laughs) oh, it's just, we love Louisville. So we're very thankful to be here and we we plan to stay here.
1: Well, great. So you're not going far. No, you're staying here. here. That's awesome. That means I might see you at. Kroger or something exactly
3: (laughs) but but I won't be wearing high heels I'll tell you that
2: (laughs) so I guess one of my questions then is so Mike McAllister saw saw something in you and wanted you to bring that to Humana so what would you say it was that you brought to Humana I mean I I could write a little book myself about what I think you did but what do you feel you brought to Humana
3: I'd say it started with um when he did or his team did their research on my background i was um very connected in the community uh, of houston and that's an important thing for a health plan to be known and to be trusted as a a part of the, the the landscape that makes it a great community so he saw that um the CEO I was working for at the time had just won the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. We were in a fast-growth part of our business, and we got awards for that. And we just had positioned our firm in a really positive light. And And in Houston, Texas, Humana needed that very much um, to be positioned more positively. So I think he, he saw that. And I'll tell you that I believe that thread has turned into the rope that allows me to do the bold goal work with, with a great team and markets and Bruce's support. But we have to be a solution in the community, and we have to be a partner in the community, and we have to acknowledge that it's it's a local um It's it's local health is local. Bruce says that all the time. So I think that that little thread that Mike saw back then, Humana has helped me and enabled me to build that into a really nice rope um, all the way up to the to the bold goal.
2: Well, and and bold goal is it is the core of what we do now. I love that. It is. It it truly is. And we were um, on a panel yesterday talking about stress management and one of the solutions for stress management is that sense of meaning you know Mm -hmm. it's it's finding your purpose it's understanding your meaning and I was thinking about how Humana has done that for so many of us so we're you know I'm an operations leader um, and that is that's what I do but I'm involved with feeding Tampa Bay I'm involved with making impact on the community I'm I'm encouraging my your people I work with, the direct reports, you know, to find that meaning on such a bigger mm-hmm. scale. Yes. I mean, we're already making an impact with Medicare Advantage members. Now, now we're talking about social isolation. And so from an operation standpoint, now we're, we're building that into process, and we're talking about that with our members. And when you start to see this, like, puzzle and putting the pieces together, um, it's, it's goosebumps. You know, it's making you realize you have such a bigger purpose than just a job. I could it's, weep with joy right now to it's just, a business so leader
0: weaving it into their business. I, I mean, to. wow. It is, for me, it is fully seeing a business walk the walk and talk the talk. Having Humana come full circle by truly creating these grassroots movements and affecting the health of the communities that our associates live and work in and providing these type of opportunities for us to volunteer and having these BTO hours and a whole network to connect us with these opportunities to truly impact members' lives, whether we realize it or not, and providing that sense of belonging and interconnectedness, oh, man, to me, that is just so powerful. Just because you don't have a member-facing role doesn't mean that what you do is not truly going to impact a member or somebody else along the way.
3: Well, you know, it takes. I think you're exactly right, and it's it's a two way street. Bruce put forth this amazing vision and purpose for us in the bold goal. But if we didn't have associates that had the passion, I mean we 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 get we collect very special associates here. They want to be connected to their communities. They want to be connected to their members. That doesn't happen in every company. It's a really interesting phenomenon in a special space that we have have created and have built.
1: So, now so. I'm part of the Louisville Associates Connection Council. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And um, connected with that was also where you did the Bold Go Town Hall. Yes. Which was very inspiring. And the story you shared mm. um, with Grandparent Mm -hmm. and uh, parent, your mom was sweet. Thank you. So, would you share that story?
3: I'd be honored to. And I'm, I'm going to tell you. I've got um, just so you all know, I've got a picture of my grandmother and grandfather that I'm looking at as I tell this story. And then the other thing today is the second anniversary of my mother. Passing away, so mm-hmm. it's a very, very, again, mm-hmm. an, an honor to be able to tell this. And I, I, uh, so I thank you for the question. Mm-hmm. So, we've been studying social isolation and loneliness a lot in our bold goal work, and had no idea how impactful it was to the lives of our seniors and and how long they get to live. It 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 really is impactful to to aging, and it began to sort of nibble around the edges of of my own life when I watched my mother, who was uh, healthy and vibrant at age 91, suddenly pass away. And I started thinking about it, and I thought about her mother, and that's the picture I'm looking at today, which is a picture of my grandmother in her cap and gown from her uh graduation picture from chiropractic school in 1924 she's standing there with my grandfather who's also in his cap and gown he wouldn't go to college if she didn't go with him Mm -hmm. so they went together and um she lived to be 104 and when she passed away she was the oldest living practicing chiropractor wow and she had purpose Mm -hmm. she got up every day and somebody needed her healing hands and she lived every day with purpose and she had people coming and going from her home and she had a vibrant social life even though my grandfather passed away at way too young an age. My mother at 91 left the world arguably 13 years too soon Mm -hmm. because she had a tiny world she didn't leave her home for years we came to her we called her on the phone every day but there's not when you don't have a purpose and you don't have friends and connectedness I'm just convinced she she passed away of loneliness didn't know it at the time didn't know what more we could do but now I'm so thankful for the work we're doing in the bold goal because we do recognize that we've got to step in and treat that issue as we would a chronic disease. We've got to name it and then move into it because people are embarrassed to say I'm lonely. Saying I'm lonely sounds like I'm a victim, and and especially seniors don't like to sound like a victim because then they lose their independence. My mother would not have admitted to this, but now we know and and we understand it. So um, she... Um, left a beautiful legacy, but she also left the ability to learn how to help others live that more vibrant life.
1: So we hear loneliness and social isolation. How are they connected or not connected?
3: That's a great question. So um, loneliness is um, not having enough people in your network that you can Reach out and 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 interface with, and you know we we all can be on Facebook and doing text et cetera et cetera. But but there's something different to having two great women that I'm sitting with and one on the phone that I'm sitting with and really connecting with and mm-hmm. seeing our faces or, or or breaking into each other's conversation. That's a very different. Mm-hmm. So. That's the loneliness side. I just don't have, have enough of the people I need in my life. And the social connectedness is that I may have the uh, a lot of people, but I don't have the richness of the relationship mm-hmm. that I need. So they overlap, but they're very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned about this phenomena – through the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation because they've been studying um, the impact of, of social determinants of health on life and on aging and they're the ones that sort of put this in front of us and then we contrasted healthy days social isolation and loneliness have on healthy days and we found there was a strong correlation And our bold goal work is about reducing the number of unhealthy days so it was a natural fit. And our country is a little bit behind studying this whole phenomenon. Do you know that um, the U.K. just installed a minister of loneliness?
1: Oh, wow. Because
3: they realize it's so impactful to the health of their population. They have for years used a portion of their... Lottery proceeds to put together a 24 by 7 Silverlink. And the Silverlink is a phone bank. So I can call Mm -hmm. 24 by 7 and have a voice and have a conversation. And um, they think it's made a difference in their senior population.
1: But it can go across generations. Oh, yes. Okay.
3: We've all been lonely in a room full of a million people. Mm -hmm.
0: Are there any particular resources that Humana already has in place that we could maybe suggest to our membership or providing somebody that may be suffering from social isolation or loneliness?
3: So, yeah, I think a couple of things. That's a great question. Our guidance centers are, are just a beautiful opportunity for seniors to be able to get out, engage, stay stimulated, and then come back right? So I think that's a wonderful opportunity. But for, um, so two other things, Uh, Tim Huval and his team have done a great job with helping us understand our purpose. And when we understand our purpose, we do tend to engage and show up a little bit more. Um, We also have these wonderful network resource groups, right? And I'm blessed to be um, a senior sponsor for the caregivers NRG, mm-hmm. and they are talk about some folks that could feel isolated and lonely. Mm-hmm. They sure can, and there are over two thousand of those folks now that get together very routinely in the caregivers NRG. There are many, many in the women's NRG, as you know. And in fact, this is part of why I'm here is is the women's NRG, and um, just uh, community is what people are looking for. Let me identify with a community. Um, I think the 100-day dash. Look how often you see people pairing up now and just having a reason to say, will you get from behind your desk and let's go have a walk? So there are resources if we'll just
2: encourage people to begin to use them. Or tying it all together, too. So there was a period of time when we had a lot of bold bold goal discussion about the internal associate goal and then it shifted in a way where you know i think there was a learning curve of figuring out as an associate how do i impact the overall Mm -hmm. community and i've seen in the past year those opportunities start to become more available but i still think we have we have opportunity to to say to the associate like to Brittany's question this is how you make an impact in the community this is how you impact food insecurity um, here's the volunteer opportunities or here's the general education. Food insecurity is very different than not having any food. Yeah. You know, what's the difference? So I think there's there's just a lot more movement now toward how I as an associate, an individual associate can impact our bigger bold goal. Or uh, uh, Yeah, and I think that's so important because
3: um, it's, it's there are still people that, that don't see how they can impact it. So as leaders... And as associates, when we see the tie-in, we need to talk about it. And and because we we've we've got people that we've walked past today that are lonely and isolated. And if we throw the the cloak off of that and say it's okay to talk about it, it's okay to feel it, but here are the things you can do about it, then we can make a difference in our associate bowl goal. And when we make a difference in our associate bowl goal, I'll promise you we're making it with the members 100% because it
0: tracks absolutely linearly so and I will throw out a nice little pitch to go slash bold goal there are multiple toolkits and there is a specific loneliness toolkit it's absolutely wonderful I've used it uh, to reference um, my my agents since we do service Medicare age members so please visit go slash bold goal there's a ton of resources out there and ideas for volunteer opportunities for us to get involved Thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: And I think the Associates Connection Council in the eight markets we're in now, is that right? We're up to eight uh, bold gold markets?
3: We've actually got 12 now. Oh. Yes. No, but your, your phase one is really the eight that you're thinking of, mm-hmm. but we've had more growth no. right there. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think uh, because of the resources that we're learning, the Associates, that we're having a, more of an understanding. Mm-hmm. So we can see. Um, you made reference to the community centers, to the um, it, guidance it. centers. Mm-hmm. And I visited the one here in Louisville. Good. And I will tell you, I did not know um, what they were about. And going there and finding out more about it, and I know not all the markets, the 12 markets mm-hmm. um, have them. Um, but, uh, but when you made reference to them, it just reminded me of how much we don't know mm-hmm. what we have in the community. And that I could take my mom there. Yeah and we could watch a movie together or we could um play dominoes or do yeah. chair aerobics or you know they offer so many items there's so many activities for um the community and and they're free yeah and they can bring a friend that's not even a humana uh member
3: they love that and and you know interestingly enough so Emily Allen Kirby leads that whole guidance center part of our business now And you know Emily Allen Kirby was the original um, leader in charge of what was called the enterprise goal, Mm -hmm. which is now the bowl goal. So it's really interesting. It all Mm.
2: sort of – it all ties back together. Very interesting. I think about – so I'm an operations leader on the human at home side. Yes, And I've worked on the telephonic part of that, and now I work on the in-home part of that. And I can remember when I was frontline – my members, who I adored, you know, just saying, can you please just come have tea with me? Oh, yeah. Would you please just come? You know, and they were in other states, and obviously I couldn't do that. But I think that was my the first time that I became aware of how big the need is with our seniors, mm-hmm. that loneliness piece, that social isolation, that we formed enough of a connection over the phone talking about chronic conditions that she wanted me to come have tea with her, yeah, and how um privileged you no know, that the privilege that that was to have that relationship with her. And then that that being like the the place where I, I started to see the bigger chronic issue, yeah. of of loneliness, yeah.
3: and and you know, um, it does happen. You mentioned uh, it's not just seniors, and it's not just seniors. Um, but our seniors. Uh, imagine the longer they live probably the fewer friends they have mm-hmm. and then their their children get busy yeah. and we put our phones on you know on vibrate and we don't take the calls and, and then they have a chronic disease and they feel even more lonely but that outreach that that Humana caring associate makes that might be the only time they talk Absolutely. out loud all day long and so it's a it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a treasure. It is a
0: treasure. That's that's it. I mean, treasure is a
1: good word. Yeah, I like that.
0: I mean, has anyone seen the Amazon Echo the Be mm-hmm. Together more uh, commercial? My my heart just swells like every time I see that. Um, it's an elderly woman whose grandkids and daughters come to visit, and she's like, "Oh, I wish you yes. could stay." And she then. Uh, they send her an Amazon Echo, and she the note says to tell Alexa to call home, and it connects them so they're able to see each other face-to-face. And um, I'm a military spouse, so we move 17 hours across the country. So just something like that, being able to see your grandparents face-to-face, that's something that I connected with uh, wholeheartedly on on a level. So I love seeing commercials like that, and I think Humana also does a great job with our commercials and our marketing that we put out there for things like this.
3: Oh, I do too. And I, you know, uh, here in Louisville, if anyone um, hasn't seen it, we have something called a Thrive Center here. And it is a, it's a, a, a technology center, I would say, that showcases how technology can help seniors stay safe and stay aging at home. And everything from the Alexa app to um, there's a sensor in my refrigerator that I can if I'm a child far away from my aging parent I can tell if my mother never opened the refrigerator so I know that she's not getting enough to eat. Um, It can tell it's there's a mirror in my bathroom that when I walk in, depending on the time of day, it reminds me of what medication to take and shows the pill bottle.
1: I know about that? Wow. So it's
3: fantastic. Wow. Uh, technology, and you know, Bruce talks about this yeah. a lot, that technology is really Key. going to be an enabler to us to keep people uh, thriving as they age. Absolutely. That's
1: incredible. I'm going to have yeah. to Google yes. that and figure it and learn about Market it more.
3: Street. It's on Market Street. Okay. And that's a Humana nope it no. is I, I cannot tell you the groups that came together to build it but Humana is not one of them but
2: it's a group of technology firms interesting yeah. that is very really interesting, interesting. Yeah. awesome well I think it would be a good time to switch gears and I, I would love to hear from you from that women's network resource group perspective so we'd love to hear about um, just career advice you'd have um, you know what has been what is what is something that you've been told or you tell people in terms of career development yeah. and thank you for asking that so um, my
3: father gave me some great advice and it was that the breaks will come and if you think back on your careers probably you've had breaks um, you know somebody somebody left a position that you could then go into or somebody left a work product that you were able to redesign and make better than ever And that was really great advice because he didn't stop with the breaks will come. It was you have to be ready when they get there. So that just means you have to show up every day. I mean, people are watching you every day. You are building a brand or not every single day. You never know, and this is a small world, and you never know when that person that you were with in the elevator and had a really good conversation with will end up advocating for you. So the breaks will come, you gotta be ready. And that was the other one is you need to build a pretty good pipeline of advocates. And I call them advocates versus mentors um, because mentors will help you in your career and Give you a a a touchstone for advice to be you know give advice or take advice etc., but an advocate is going to be a vocal proponent of you, and that's what you need in your career to keep moving up. You've got to have somebody when you're not in the room that's using your name, and that goes back to you know the branding too. Um, And and on that the line of the advocate we've all grown up hearing um, oh it's who you know it's who you know and I've watched over the years that change a little bit and it's really who knows you Hmm. right so who's going to say your names when the job the cool job opportunity called Project San Antonio suddenly comes Mm -hmm. open I wasn't supposed to get that job it went to somebody else right but there was there was somebody in the room when there was a uh, an opportunity that said, "But what about her? She she could do this really well." And so, show up every day, knowing that some that many people are watching, and um, and and brand yourself beautifully, and do do like the three of you all are doing. This is phenomenal. Extracurricular work—that's what I call it. Extracurricular extracurricular work that we love. It's it it is the key to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I mean it. I say you know you you've got to earn your way in, and you can you you don't just do that with your day job. You got to have extracurricular because then they look at you and they say, "Boy, look at the layers on this gal. She can do all of this stuff, and that will propel you forward."
2: So. Thank you for that. One of the things I try to tell the people that I work with, my my directs is, I know you're doing incredible work, but how do you advocate for yourself? How you know, what do you do to ensure that those around you know the great work you're doing? And I think sometimes as women we don't advocate enough for ourselves or we don't, you know, uh, display the showcase. Ex- showcase showcase what we're yeah. doing and so this this particular opportunity through the podcast and just over the past couple months is has been very enlightening in terms of how do i put that out there this is what i'm doing i'm proud of it it's not boastful it's not being proud it's it's just what you got to do in this yeah. world
0: giving yourself credit for your that's right. That's how I I take it.
2: How you
1: own it. Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> take your credit. We all tend to be so modest, right. and there is a difference in being boastful and taking your credit.
2: Um, but we tend to be modest, you know. Absolutely. So. so when you talk about building your brand, would you share a little bit more? I mean, I think it's.
3: I'm going to go back and throw it right back to you three. It's doing exactly. It's doing what you're doing. It is being known um, for particular areas. And usually that is you can be known for doing a great job and being dependable and innovative, et cetera, but also being known for doing stuff you're not asked to do Mm -hmm. I think is a beautiful brand building. I mean, that's just... That differentiates you. I mean, your your brand has to be different than the other three people down the hall. And doing things that you're not asked to do is a beautiful
2: way to build your brand. You just made me think of Jermaine Jones, the keynote speaker from Perfect Experience. Uh-huh. So for our listeners who haven't watched that yet, um, I think it's go forward slash Perfect Experience, and it was awesome. The keynote was incredible. But he said that he he long story short. His shoes are always shined, always shined, and his his partner at work said, "Why do you always shine your shoes?" And he said, "Because I know you won't." And you know, <gasps> and I I just remember yeah. thinking like, "That's awesome." You know, yeah. in a way that we we have to go above and beyond. And mm-hmm. I think, but it ties back to bold goal because mm-hmm. I love going above and beyond because of the meaning behind it, the purpose behind it. The healthier we keep our associates, the healthier those they work with, those they they care for, the care managers. Yeah, you know it. It all—it's like a big circle.
0: The connectedness is, is what what drives me. It's what makes me passionate. And like, I just want to—I want to shout it from the rooftops. I want to scream and be like, "Everybody, get on board! This is awesome. Let's do something big. Let's do something bold." And I love being a part of Humana. And I—I I want everyone to feel as awesome and as great as I do, and to get to seek out these opportunities and to really. Oh, I
3: guess. And you know, we we work in an industry that has m- so much honor in it. I mean, think about we don't the the bold goal is is fabulous, but it sits atop a a pro- product and a purpose that keeps people from um, suffering financially or. Physically or emotionally, at a time when they need it the most. Remember that used to be our old tagline: "That's, yeah, that's true. That's when you need it most." Mm-hmm. But uh, we have so much honor in, in in the we should have so much honor in the work we do.
1: And Patty Dell, you have uh, received numerous awards. I saw that too, oh. uh, but your most recent nomination was on most admired woman at Humana. In today's woman magazine tell us a little bit about that
3: well i tell you i am i was very surprised and very thankful and and as i've been looking to this journey of the next part of my life which includes which which will start with retiring from humana next friday
0: Mm -hmm.
3: um to have that to be nominated for that during my last few at bats was really nice but I have been the recipient of generous people uh, and the gifts from generous people, and this I owe to a couple of very generous people at Humana. Um, so London Roth mm-hmm. said, "I see this. I will. You can we nominate you?" And I said, "Sure." But I had others that helped me. Kate Marks helped write the application and. They just surrounded me with generosity, so I was. It was just a gift that kept on giving. I did not win, but that's okay because a very deserving woman did win, and this was the big win for me. Was just to be um, in that in that
1: in the nomination. Yeah, that's and big. And they
3: sent notes out, and they were just really nice. It's it was a nice it was a nice uh, very nice gift to me.
1: Well, that's incredible. But
3: let me give, while I'm talking about that, let me give a little bit more on the career advice. So this was, uh, and this will tie back to the WNRG. So somebody gave me this great advice. Don't just join an organization. You need to lead. Take a leadership role. Every time you join, go ahead and take a leadership role because that invests you in that organization, and it's a twofer because then your name and your brand are building, not just as a member, but as a leader. That gives you one more leadership spot.
2: You know, definitely. So, and I want to take a step back from that because you know, there is probably a lot of listeners who are on the front front line. You know, they're working with our members, and maybe they've tried for leadership positions, and it hasn't been the right time. When I first started, which was um, seven and a half years ago, like I shared, I was a personal health coordinator, and moving into management um, at the time was very difficult. I had no previous experience. So what I did was I got involved with the well-being champions and I took right. a leadership role within within that capacity. Um, and so I think you have to be creative too when you talk about leadership opportunities. Yeah. sometimes it's just not available or it's just not the right time in an, in an operations world or or in the business you know aspect. but the other extracurricular opportunities are there. Yes. And giving that time and attention to these to the energies or to the well being or, or whatever it is, those those open the doors.
3: They real they absolutely do. And you're, yours is a perfect example because then a leader saw that you can lead. That's it? And that you even I- stepped out to lead in extracurricular.
0: I will echo that through and through. I am actually, I'm a frontline person. I don't have any direct reports or anything. I am, you know, I sit up front, I answer phones, I help take care of members. But applying for the leadership roles with the NRGs, that's what's really enabled me to truly network across the enterprise and to learn more and connect with all these wonderful, truly insightful um, men and women that I've learned an exponential amount from. There is, No price point or book or anything that could ever have taught me just anything, just from the conversations I've had with them. So just getting involved. Oh my goodness, you'll learn so much.
3: And we work with so many smart people. Yeah, I mean, it's just yes, it's talent. Yeah, it's like the Library of Congress of smartness. And and doing things like you all are doing, you're getting. I love that. I love that. But there's so many smart. I'm gonna miss that. Will. I will miss the social part and the and just the wisdom and the smarts here. Um, it's it's uh, it's amazing. And people, I was just having this conversation with a new associate um, at lunch, and people are really nice here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we are we care about each other, and that's
2: that's a that's a that's a special special place that's built into the culture yes and it starts at the top. culture it, it starts at the top though and I've been reading a lot about culture and how it's very difficult to have you know movements start at the bottom like they have to start with our leaders mm-hmm. and so I you know I commend all of the leaders who are building this culture of of purpose and bold goal and and helping our um, the associates have meaning yeah. to what they're doing absolutely and it's and, a
1: no, please. I was going to say, it's kind of unfortunate that all workplaces do not well, have those that. opportunities and that uh, Humana has allowed us to. So um, I don't want, did you want to share something nope. else before I was going to roll into the next please, question yeah. with that, which was um, describe some of the toughest situation in the workplace, you know, for those um, roles in the past yeah. or any that um, was tough. It was tough.
3: Oh, very. I um so it was my first job at Humana, mm-hmm. and um, I was coming in as a leader and outside the industry, as I mentioned earlier, and I got to tell you, the team I walked into, it's probably 100 people or so, maybe 60% of them didn't want me there. That's just a really, I, that's not my nature, not to be wanted, right? Mm-hmm. To, I need to be wanted and needed and all that. Many of us feel that way um and so to come in and be um not wanted as the but as a leader i couldn't you know stop there so that was a tough those first 6 months were really tough and uh but i got through it and um went uh went went on and um made it through and just learned some really valuable lessons and um that's that was the
1: toughest. Wow. So. I didn't know if it would be here at Humana or. Yeah, it was here at Humana. How about here that? Here at
3: Humana, the very first job. But you know what I had? I had, I had people that supported me um, here at leadership. The people that had hired me um, believed in me. And then others along the journey. In fact, I was just thanking Deb Clary last week who was here in Louisville, With Humana when I was in Houston with Humana but she was very um, she was a really good friend and I needed that connection I was very lonely then I was so lonely Mm. Um, and I remember one other person Leslie LaThon was a really strong advocate and and helped me in those early days and uh, we should always remember that you know somebody might be struggling they might show up okay on the outside but um you know we should be kind and open to everybody
1: do you know it was it a certain <laughs> event that happened or a certain moment that you realized oh gosh finally yeah. I'm fitting in.
3: Yeah, isn't that what a great question and what a great day that was. And it just, I, I, it didn't come um, without some real work. I uh, I ended up just doing a lot of team building, but we finally, after about six months, got over the hump and it was like, okay, they realize she's not going anywhere, mm-hmm. so we may as well um, start enjoying a new Relationship and we did, and and it, it it worked out. But that was that's another piece of career advice: uh, you can outlast difficult situations. It may not be pleasant, and don't ever let it go to the point where it's spilling over into your home life or making you sick or anything like that. But there are going to be tough spots in your career. There are going to be tough spots in your in your work life, and you can outlast it. You just have to be resilient. You have to turn it off when you, when you can um, and outlast it.
0: And Patty, do you ever have a, like a personal mantra or a thing that you would tell yourself during tough times or anything like that? So
3: th- th- thank you for that question. Um, I'm a big believer that I don't get to the place I am alone. And so that's a very comforting thing to me to know that I um, I'm supposed to be right here in this moment right now. Mm. So just soldier through it, and uh, and I'm I'm a pretty bounce back resilient person. I can you know fall down and get up pretty comfortably, um, but uh, you know don't don't. Don't ever become a victim. I don't think victim is a is an attractive trait for anyone, and in, in, from a career perspective, so um, people listen for that. I think too, and so just be strong. And you know, everybody has so much to do, and you need to be a net add always. And when you begin begin to 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 be a liability. You're not going to last long, and and just outlast it.
0: Yeah, you'll be detrimental to the team at that
2: point. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Well, you know we we know you're retiring in eight days. Yes. And while we're sad for us, very happy for you. So Thank congratulations. You. Thank you. So, what legacy do you oh hope my to gosh. leave? I mean. There's no doubt you are leaving a legacy. But what do you hope to leave? I hope. I I was not blessed with children. M- been married um,
3: 28 years, but we just weren't blessed with children. And my mother always said that left you open to helping others. And so my hope is that my legacy here is that People and I'm particularly thinking in, in in a couple of different places, but associates have better, easier, more joyful lives because of something we've done together, or they've learned from me, or they watched me learn from them. But but that life is better. I hope a legacy is that communities have gotten healthier or are on their way because of the framework that I was allowed to, with my team, put into place called those Health Advisory Boards, those Associate Connections Councils. I mean, and, and then I hope the legacy is that our industry is changing its view on what it is to be healthy, or actually what it is to be not healthy. And that's not just being listed as having a chronic disease, but it could be listed as having, being lonely or being hungry or not being able to leave my home. Um, And so I hope that there's a legacy that the health ecosystem changes as a result of the work I was honored to carry the mantle for. But now I get to hand the mantle to an extraordinary woman mm-hmm. Caroline Coates and she and I have known each other for she's been with Humana for 11 years and we've known each other most of that time she's you couldn't ask for I couldn't ask for somebody that I would hand this over to um, hand this up to she's tall and in stature and in, in spirit and in her intellect around business so I'm just delighted to um, hand this to her and um, so that's the legacy I hope to leave.
1: The torch will keep burning.
3: I think
2: so. Oh, well, I think so. Will. Absolutely. Anything o- What plans? Yeah, wh- what are you about to go uh, do? You know You're what? Are going to travel? <laughs> now,
3: everybody yeah, asks, are you yeah. going to travel? And I, because we go on big trips um, once a year, and we just got back from Lisbon. But I, I don't want to do, I wanna, I want to be quiet. Hmm. And barefoot, <laughs> eat <some bugs>. awesome. <laughs> awesome. and, eat, and eat orange ice, orange popsicles. I, uh, I, I, I just this. want to, oh, go, I love that. I want to be back to what it felt like to be a kid in summer. I mean, that's what I want to do this summer. I've got one plan. And that is, I'm teaching vacation Bible school for the last awesome. week of June. But that is the only, and I think I've got a dentist appointment. As I said, smack <laughs> in the middle of the day. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to try to squeeze it in before or after work. But other than that, I just want to be be joyful and and thankful. And and I am so thankful to Humana for allowing me to be able to 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 walk on to the next part of the journey because mm-hmm. without their generosity, without their um, comfort in taking a chance on me thirteen years ago, and then continuing to invest in me, I wouldn't be able to do this, and um, I'll never, I'll never be able to uh, say enough great things about this company that you all are going to continue to lead. And thank you for this massive honor. My last, my last
2: little bit. Yeah, Carmen and Brittany and I are just, I uh, just so uh, humbled. To have the conversation yeah. with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's you're just
1: like, a, Patty Dell's going to be here. <laughs> we're so excited. Very grateful. And to hear, to be on the last eight days, to hear what you think your next chapter is going to be um, is really fulfilling that you are choosing a comfortable yeah. next yeah. step. That's Joyful, awesome.
3: comfortable, peaceful. <laughs>
1: Very sweet. And, um, you know, something that we forgot to ask or something anything else
3: um i would just wish everyone many 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 healthy days Awesome, that's
0: wonderful. oh prayers. my heart that's uh, wonderful thank you wonderful. and patty um I'm, I'm you're from texas i have to ask what college team do you root for <laughs> you know i um i
3: i have I have a sister or I have a dear friend that went to Texas A and M but most oh, no. of our friends are U T fans. So Oh there I, we go. That's I, what divide looking for. <laughs> I divide my loyalty. How about that? All right, that works. That'll work. Good. I am married
0: into the U T uh, cult as I call it. My husband is from Austin. So, so I was
3: in Austin last weekend and for my nephew's graduation from college and I I couldn't believe that we didn't leave. We weren't five minutes away from the airport, and I must have seen a dozen Longhorns. It was fantastic.
0: The real car. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it was great. Awesome.
1: That is awesome.
0: Thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Sure thank has. you, thank you, thank oh, you. yeah. Thanks for the great questions. Ah. Well, thank you. Thank you, ladies. Absolutely. And that's it for this episode. You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us, hashtag WNRG Podcast Series.
1: Until next time, be intentional,
0: stay curious,
1: and inspire others.